So, Allie. Yep. We're doing a movie to honor someone, like a bonus episode, to honor someone we lost in 2016 instead of doing my choice for the next movie. That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, so, we doing Purple Rain? We're going to honor, honor Prince? No. Oh, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's Labyrinth with Bowie. Labyrinth. That's going to be so... No. Oh, so Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. No. Oh. Um, well, it can't be Alan Rickman. We already did Die Hard. It's Carrie Fisher, John. Oh, oh, we're doing a Star War? That's awesome. <laughs> a Star War, no. Blues Brothers? No. When Harry Met Sally? No. Oh, well, you've never seen The Burbs. It can't be The Burbs. Not The Burbs. Uh, the Man with One Red Shoe? No. Well, what are we doing then? I can't even think of another 80s movie with her. We're doing Postcards from the Edge. Ah, um, is Carrie Fisher in that movie? No. Okay, um... I mean, I know she wrote it. Um, yeah. And that, that, that came out in the 80s? No. It did not. So it, when did it come out? 1990. So we're, we're breaking our, our, our mission for this. Well, she yeah. wrote it in the 80s. But, 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 but we're breaking our mission for this. But I mean, it was, she, but yes, she, she, yes, we are. Oh, so does that mean we could finally do Gremlins 2, the new batch? Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. We are doing a bonus episode this Adolescence. 90s movies of our adolescence. (laughs) Um, We we picked Postcards from the Edge because we really wanted to honor... Yeah, Carrie Fisher has just passed away a few days ago. And and then Debbie Reynolds passed away. Yeah, yeah, as a one-two punch. And since this movie, while it stars neither of them and is not technically about them... It kind of is. Yeah, it's semi-autobiographical. Yeah, so we, I'd never actually seen Postcards from the Edge, and since, you know, like, basically, you know, we, we, you know, the whole world is kind of on a Carrie Fisher kick right now, um, we, uh, we thought we'd go ahead and just watch that and talk about it. It's gonna, it's probably, I don't, I doubt this is gonna be an extra long episode, uh, you know, and like, cause it's unfortunately, like, I'll, I'll, spoiler alert off the bat, off the top of the bat, it's, top of the bat, uh, whatever. Spoiler alert off the top of the bat, an actual giant six-foot bat that screeches, <laughs> uh, is that I, you know, I, I think we both enjoyed this movie, and it's it's actually a fairly good movie, which yeah. means it's, it's hard to talk about because there's not a lot to, like, mock, yeah. but it's also, like, one of those movies, it's, it's so solidly well put together that, like, I don't know... You know, like other than saying that's eh, pretty good, I'm I, like I'm I'm worried I won't have a whole lot to say, but we'll see. We'll see as we go yeah, on. Yeah, um, I mean, I think for mo- the most part, for us, and this will be just something mm-hmm. again, spoiler alert, that'll start to happen is um, there were so many. Uh, it was really more fun to watch John watch this movie because mm-hmm. I had seen it, but it had been a while. But I think what was the most fun was watching you and me discover so many people yeah. who were in this. Yeah, movie. this is a, this movie is. I mean, when you get down to it, it's a movie written by, you know, written by by a woman who is 
basically Hollywood, Hollywood royalty, royalty and directed by Mike Nichols. Yeah, I mean, you know. By the way, it came out in 1990. In case we weren't clear, yeah. I think we were. But, I think we were know. fairly clear. Yeah. So yeah, and it's obviously it's ba- like it was originally the novel that Carrie Fisher wrote, right. and you know, like the semi autobiographical novel that she wrote, and she did the screenplay too in this. And, you know, and it's basically when you get down to it, it's it's Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine basically playing a Carrie Fisher and Debbie Debbie Reynolds Reynolds. analog, respectively. Yeah. And a little bit of trivia, apparently, like, 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 and and I I do love that Carrie Fisher did defend, like, when people say, like, how much of this, like, movie is true. She kind of like she kind of, you know, does get a little irritable, got a little irritable with critics saying, like, you know, like. I, I love that you people think my brain is just a tape recorder, right? And that I can't make things up, right? You know, like it's like you know, it's obvious, like it, it's 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 a fictionalized account. The events are not one hundred percent, although there are lots of parallels. Yes, and um, and especially as we've just and the irony is because you know people are like, was Debbie Reynolds upset? at her for right. for writing this and you know and as, as Fisher said you know it's not it's first of all it's not a direct one-to-one thing and for the other thing Debbie Reynolds actually wanted to play the Shirley MacLaine role in this movie but ironically Mike Nichols said she wasn't right for the part <laughs> 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 I think I, I I'm guessing because the, like they he wanted someone to be a little more brittle you know, Shirley like, McLean has that dark ass. brittleness. Yes. Yeah, she does an excellent job. Oh my god, uh, the, the whole cast is pretty freaking right. And phenomenal. it, and it, and it, it because, but again, because it's Hollywood royalty, because it's so many pe- name people connected. There's a lot of name actors and fairly small parts and little yes. bits and pieces of this movie. Because it, like, it, it says on the on the the billing of the poster, it says like Shirley MacLaine and 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 Meryl Streep and it, and and Dennis Quaid. But even Dennis Quaid is barely in the movie. Yeah, he only has he's a like he's scenes. he's maybe like fifteen minutes of the movie at most. Yeah. Like focus on his character. You know, it really like, is Meryl Streep. It really like, is like a Meryl. It's Meryl, Meryl Streep with 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 uh, Shirley, Shirley MacLaine in a support in a, in a in a large supporting role. Yep. Um. So uh, yeah. Um. I guess we can. I mean, that's that's basically all the trivia I had about it was that Debbie Reynolds wanted to play play the analog of Debbie. So Reynolds. funny. Um. So yeah. Like the movie starts and like. I will say I knew it was coming because I knew what the movie is about. Right. The movie starts with a fake out. Right. Because like Meryl Streep's character is like trying to leave. And actually at first I wasn't hundred percent sure if it was a fake out. I thought it was maybe her character was trying to leave a movie set and like they but they were pulling her aside. I, I assume because I knew it was about Carrie Fisher's addictions and reco- and rehab. I had assumed it was maybe they were pulling her over to like, you know, because they found like they knew she was carrying drugs. Drugs, that's what right. Yeah, and but then it turns out like it turns into this like exciting scene where she's like like she gets it, like it's slapped by the uh, the guy, and it, like the dialogue's actually kind of bad. It's terrible. So I, I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. It's a it's a fake movie, and then she she ends up laughing and blowing her take because she says instead of saying money, money she says, says mommy, mommy. Yeah. which is you know I, I immediately because I knew them, like you know like yeah. I knew that line w- was important. You know, but she starts laughing, you know, and like they, the takes blown, so they have to go, and it's a long shot. And Gene Hackman says it's my fault for trying. He's the director. Gene again, again in a weirdly like I gotta say, Gene Hackman say, does Gene, an amazing job. And, in this and movie. what's funny is in this scene, like at first he's like, you know, he's like he's good natured about it, and like he's like it's my fault for trying to do this in a single shot. Yeah. You know, like let's go, let's go set it back up. And she's she says I got to go to the, the restroom. So she runs to her trailer, and someone else follows her right away. And this you can, the sound guy is listening in because she's so mic'd apparently, yeah. and it's obvious she's doing blow in the trailer. Right. And when she comes back out, suddenly. You know, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman like, does is, like he does a one eighty, and this is where it's like this is the Gene Hackman character because he, he's like yelling like don't you fuck my movie up, yeah, you know, and like gets in her face. And but I know. will say I have to step in here and say something. We always think of John, Gene Hackman as being kind of you're stepping in to basically say what I was about to say, aren't you? 
I don't know. Because I was going to say, that other than this scene, he's not this character, and it was kind of surprising. No, that right. But, but I was going to also say that in the whole movie, and we see it later too, he's one of the most compassionate people. And Which is really funny. That's my point. Like when, because Gene Hackman, I've, if I've you know heard about is, Gene Hackman, you know, he's not so. He's kind of a turd yeah. on set. I've heard. Well, I mean, that's like, like, I mean, he's retired. It's now, the Alec like, Baldwin, he, Alec Baldwin thing. Alec Baldwin. Oh well, Alec Baldwin sucks too. That guy's a, <laughs> that guy's a jerk. But um, but yeah, it's like the you know, Alec, I hate is that Adam Baldwin and his Garmergate stuff. <laughs> so um, I, th- I think you're thinking of Stephen. No. Oh, is it Adam? Adam did the Gamergate stuff. Oh, yes. okay. He's not God. a real Baldwin. Oh, he's not. Well, he's. He's a Baldwin, but he's not related to the Baldwin. Oh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, so what's so amazing about it is like Gene Hackman is the guy you want on your side in this movie the whole yeah. time through. He's right. A- well, and, 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 and like uh, we're kind of uh, screwing the sequence up bad by talking about it now, but every, I, I will say one weird fact about this movie is it's like every character except, except for Rob Reiner's like bit part, every bit part like celebrity that comes into this movie, it's like they come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like you know, like you see them once at the beginning and then they all come back at the end. I will say that I feel like, and this is just a personal thing, I wonder if if uh, Gene, ha- and I'm just thinking this now, Gene Hackman was the Mike Nichols character. Like he was the... Maybe. Because Mike Nichols has a, also had a, um, a reputation of being like very passionate about his work, really cared about it, but also good-natured and a kind and loving kind of director. Oh, okay. So yeah, I wonder if yeah. that and was like did, the... Did Mike Nichols also die in 2016? I know he died fairly recently. I thought he died... No, I think he died before. Okay, let I'm me... going to look it up? I'm going to look it up real quick. Because this would like break yeah. me a little bit yeah, if that's but, true. Because holy... Cr- Oh, no, he died in 2014. Yeah, oh, it was God. recent, but it wasn't... Yeah, okay. I remember... His... I said, thank God, like it's like a, like a vampire. I know, <laughs> Thank right. God someone finally killed Mike Nichols. He had... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Elaine so... May finally finished him off. So, so, so... Was Elaine May dead? So, obviously, um, they, you know, he, he gets mad at her or whatever. He tells the girl who is supplying her blow to get the hell off the set. Yeah. And we move on from that moment... Mm. Sparky, don't bite Sparky, anybody. please. And the, um, be, be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. We're talking about the late Mike Nichols. And um, <laughs> and uh, and Hackman, you know, puts them all back to one and starts again. And and apparently that this the take we see and we find out later about this, but the take we see on camera <laughs> that was the was the best take, take for the entire day. That's right, how yeah. bad it was. But um, we'll find out that much, much later. later. So let's, going forward, so basically that's when we get our I guess our credits start here, and but then it cuts to a slightly more in the future. Right, like a little bit past, and it's you see in a crumpled heap. You see, and it took me a while to figure out who it was because it was a weird low angle shot. Yeah, but uh, it turns out to be Dennis Quaid. I almost said Randy. Oh my god, it's not Randy Quaid. Wrong wrong Quaid. Wrong Quaid. No, this is the this is the the slightly saner Quaid. (laughs) I feel like that would be if we did not name our episodes the name of the movie. I feel like it would be called Wrong Quaid. Wrong Quaid. But like, oh, and this guy is he ends up being the wrong Quaid. uh, Spoiler alert. But like the first thing you see him do. Is like he's coughing as he's waking up, you know, yeah. and like I, you know, it's like I guess he's a smoker, you know, like, uh, but like he sounds like he actually has Tom Waits living in his chest, yeah, in like a little like in one of those little tiny houses that the hipsters live in, like this is a Tom Waits tiny house, Singapore. Stop it, Sparky. I know. There's you a world going on in my lungs, but um, but uh, like, and he goes and starts saying, hey. What's her name? Suzanne. Suzanne. Her name is Suzanne Vale, right? Yes. And he's like, Suzanne, wake up, wake up. And it turns out, um, like, she's not responding. Yeah. Oh, she's OD'd. 
So we get this we get this frantic ride in a jeep to the hospital where he basically dumps her off and it's like I gotta go, gotta go. (laughs) You know, like he does it. He does like the teenage driving ditch. Like it's like it's like like basically the hospital is is her mother's front lawn. Right. And uh, he is Gonzo, and I thought he was Gonzo from the movie, to be honest, because until we learn that everything in this movie is cyclical. Um, So he leaves, and then they start they the the docs and the nurses start to work on her, and we get this like weird like point of view shot of of all the doctors leaning over and uh, the. The head doctor is, is Richard, Richard Dreyfus, which uh, you know, like being, eh, you know, fairly suave and charming for Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Who, like that, those aren't words I normally think of. Yep. Like other than that movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, where he becomes the murderer and steals the other person's identity. No, no, I always get confused with the talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> I actually literally do like I thought the talented Mr. Ripley was like kind of a Mr. Mr. Holland's, Holland's Opus, Opus. Kind of movie yeah. no. <laughs> for the longest time. With the word Opus in it, you didn't think to yeah. yourself. Oh, and so musician. he's like, we gotta, we've gotta, you know, well maybe no, 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 no. I was, I was saying, I was saying the reverse. Like I thought the talented Mr. Ripley was about a Mr. Holland's Opus. Sort oh, of movie. I see. Like I thought it was about a, like a, a music teacher or something that was very talented, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he had to believe it or not. Um, wow. Anyway, so and we cut to like one of my favorite moments in the movie, which is the dream sequence. Yes, and that, like it's pretty cool because she's walking down a hallway and you see all these photos, of, like like they're symmetrical photos, like it's the same photo on each side of the hall, and like it takes like it's celebrities, and as you walk, like it, it took me a moment to, to be certain, but you know, like obviously knowing what I what, no. what I know, yeah. you know, you suddenly realize these are all celebrities that died of overdose. overdoses so it's or Marilyn other Monroe drug, or, or drug related causes, like Elvis, Belushi. Belushi, yeah, you know, which is. Belushi's kind of a kind of a big deal one to include in there. Obviously, it was probably was, brand new. Well, no, uh, no, it was seven years previously, but, or eight years previously. But what it was was Carrie Fisher was good friends with Belushi. Yeah. Like they were coke buddies back oh, when they did drugs. Oh, that's true. Um, there, there's a line like uh, Carrie Fisher talked about being like, like I don't know if it was on, when she was on SNL or if it was when she was on the set of the Blues Brothers. But at one point, there was one day whenever um, basically Belushi looked at her and said. Like basically said, whoa! I think you do too much coke. Which, if you know anything about Belushi, <laughs> that is an amazing thing to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like she, yeah, she ran a lot. She ran a lot with the SNL crowd, specifically Belushi and Aykroyd, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, like, like I know you think Dan, think of Dan Aykroyd now. You think of him as like the weird fat conspiracy theorist, like vodka skull guy. <laughs> but uh, he used to be like a weird, crazy party guy, just like just like Aykroyd. Uh, I mean, just like just like Belushi, I think. Anyway, I think Belushi's death like actually. So she sees all these pictures, and then at the end of the hallway is this lit up. It looks like a candy store. It does looks like a candy store, and they've like lit up all these like Jelly Bellies in different jars. Yeah, they're obviously pills, and she's like putting handfuls in her pockets. Well, there's no pockets though. She goes to put them in her pockets. She's like, and then she's like, she's trying, and then boom, that's when her mother appears. No, no, Shirley MacLaine shows up like as her mother and gives her just a look and like. Just a, a, a look, oh, and like, yeah. I think she gives her a waggle of the finger, and then she wakes up like, "Oh God!" Yeah, you know, and uh, she wakes up to be stared at by CCH Pounder. Pounder. This is an early CCH Pounder. Yeah, she still had the gravel in her voice a little bit, but she's like, she she looked so young. She did. You know, she had, and she had, like, I, I she had like really short, like it, it, like you know, like that. I will say, nineteen ninety is still kind of part of the long eighties. Yeah, she had like a very like eighties short woman haircut. Yeah, you know. And she looked, she looked no nonsense with her broad shoulders and oh, yeah. like, but uh, shoulder pads, not like, not like she was a linebacker. No, you know? I know what she meant. And uh, you know, basically, you learn CCH Pounder is check, she has, she is helping her check into rehab, and, right? And, Mar- and she's like, I'm in rehab, and she doesn't remember anything. She doesn't remember her stomach getting pumped. She doesn't remember. She made a joke on the table, 
uh, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think it's probably what ingratiated her to Richard yeah. Dreyfuss's character. Yeah, she kind of almost flirted. Yeah. Like, but she he was... says, he says, you know, Suzanne, we're going to have to pump your stomach. And she says, do I have to be there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, funny. and uh, and basically, so CCH Pounder is giving her the very serious, like, celebrity rehab with, rehab with Dr. Drew speech. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, I almost said, I keep wanting to say Carrie Fisher. Well, like because uh, Meryl Streep, like, basically says, do you always talk in bumper stickers? Which is yeah. one of my favorite lines yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's a great line. You know, and. Because she's um, now in rehab, and her mom is supposed to show up, and. Yeah, and, um, and, uh, and, like, basically, you know, like, her mother, like, like you, but you see, like you, like she has, like you, you. Her mother doesn't show up immediately. Her mother right. was there, and left, and she's like, "Oh my god, my mother knows." Yeah, you know, which is, you know, as you learn later, her mother is very overbearing and very like she has a lot of issues with her mother. You know, like they, she loves her, but they're like it's you know a lot of issues. Which, yeah. I, as a side note, that's one of the things I kind of loved about this movie since it, since it is largely based on on like a real a true story. I feel like in a screenplay. Yeah. They would have re- like for a fake story. I feel like it's harder to get the sense of a like of a realistic family relationship where you don't like your family member but you do love them. Yes, and that's one thing this movie really does well. God, Streep it, is so good at that. Oh, and Streep does such great takes in this movie. This is like well, it's I funny because I don't like I, this is never really listed. Like when you're talking like the great Streep roles, it's not like one that comes up a lot because it's kind of a it's mostly a comedy. Like there's dramatic moments in this movie, but it's it's got a large amount of comic. Like it's 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 a it's definitely like it's a lighthearted feeling movie even though it's got a lot of serious themes right you know and um but like i think this is actually one of streep's finest performances i agree i think she's you know, fucking I, brilliant I, in like it. she's really good in it she's funny when she needs to be she's serious when she needs to be and it turns out like and i had forgotten she was in mamma mia so it turns out i was very surprised to learn she has pipes yeah like she, she really sings two sings. different total, totally different types of music and she sings them very well yeah she really does it's yeah. like impressive um, so but uh you know but anyway, she ends up going to rehab, and you see it like there's like a family, like it's like a family day at the rehab, like which I mainly know again, sadly, from Celebrity Rehab with Doctor Drew. <laughs> I, I, it's Allie's fault that I've seen a lot of this. Like, I, I, it's a garbage show full of evil, but it's like the most exploitative piece of trash show ever. But like, we've watched a lot of it. Yes, we have. Um, but so like, it starts with like one of the people like is talking like face to face, and at first I thought it might just be like one of those exercises where you're like, if your husband, I was thought here, so too. Well, but it, but it, it really is. Turns out that it husband. is her husband, and she's like, I just want you to like love me or notice yeah. me or like like I don't want to, you know, you I just know, want I, you not to leave. Yeah, yeah, that was it. God, it was like oh. And then like you know, but like so, but so Shirley Suzanne McClane, is yeah. is not there. No, like, Shirley MacLaine isn't there. That's what no, I'm sorry. Suzanne is Suzanne alone. Suzanne is, is there. Saying. Suzanne's mother is not there. Yeah. Is what I was trying to say, but yeah. my brain, my, my tongue tripped over. Yeah. So her mother is not there, and it, it like basically she shows up like after as everyone's leaving. She's like, I'm not. I hope I'm not too late for your thing yeah, or whatever. For you your know. Little family and she's thing. totally made up because she's the perfect movie she's star. She's Made up. She's in a white fur coat. Like <laughs> she is. She is so like old Hollywood. You know, she she comes in and, and again, I will say this, I think Shirley McLean was perfectly oh, cast for this role. Brilliantly. Like I know it's funny, you know, like she played a better Debbie Reynolds than Debbie Reynolds because she like she wasn't really Debbie Reynolds. She, she was, was just, she was she like was Debbie like, Reynolds like cracked up like yeah. cracked up, you know yeah, what I mean? It, but it's Shirley McLean is a perfect person for this because yes. Shirley McLean is also like she's a little younger than uh, than Debbie Reynolds, but not by much. Yeah. And she came of age just a few years later. Right. And she is still part of that old Hollywood, everyone knew each other, every, you know, like you know, I mean, heck, she's Warren Beatty's sister. You know, she's, you know, like, but she has that. She used to be an ingenue, and now she's an like she's an older actress. Like she's had to change the kind of roles she's gotten. 
you know, and this is this is actually around the time that everyone's making fun of Charlotte McLean for yeah. being a weirdo. Yeah. You know, because she had like thing. the past lives thing. And like, yeah. I remember her going on uh, the Tonight Show and talking about chakras for like 15 minutes. That was the first time I ever heard the term chakra. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, she is weird. You know, because at that time I had only really been exposed to Southern Baptism. <laughs> so yeah. You oh, know. welcome but, to like, atheism but, now. <laughs> but also like the last, the, the last role I think she did before this was Steel Magnolias. Mm. Weezer, you know. Oh, wow. That you makes know? sense. And, and so like, but Weezer was, you know, like the mean, crazy old woman, you know, like there wasn't, you know, like, like this character's but different. But Olympia Dukakis loves her more than, more than her luggage. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, mm. Smiling through the tears is my favorite emotion. Yeah. Now, um, yes, I, I, I know I've, I've seen Steel Magnolias a couple times. Oh, okay, um, but, um, but yeah, like, but this role is a little more like, like, again, this is a different sort of role because she's also kind of a, she's, she wants to be loved by everyone. Yes. You know, there's a line like, "Mother, why do you have to flirt with everyone? Yeah. Like, why do you, why do you, why do you need all my friends to like you?" Right. You know, it's just like, later, I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. You know, they just do. They just it. do, right? You know, like she's very, you know, like she's like I've known people with that kind of overbearing mother, the mother that competes with the daughter. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not necessarily on purpose. You know, like I don't think she's, I don't think she realizes in this movie no. exactly. You know, but I think she, I, I, like as great a job as Streep does, I, I, I don't want to overlook McLean's no, because this is this is job. one of the best Shirley McLean performances I I've agree. ever seen as well. I agree. She is just fantastic. You know, as this as a woman, like like later in the movie, you'll see her like among her old Hollywood friends and and relatives, and it's it's so like it's so obvious she she wants to perform. It's always. a vehicle for her to perform. Yeah, yeah. and it's and like but um but she shows up finally, and and this is kind of great because this is so straight out of Debbie Reynolds' playbook. Is there were two men at the at the thing who were obviously yes. they were they were coded super gay they had like the sweater tied around the shoulders yeah I mean you yeah. know which is you're either he gay or called, rhythm, he inter- introduced his boyfriend as so, his lover of his lover right but like but I'm saying you saw them before you ever they ever mm-hmm. spoke when they were sitting in the in the group you could tell yeah. that they were you know you could tell that they were meant to be a gay couple right but they approach him and he's like oh my god. I, can I have your autograph or whatever? Can I talk? Like, I just want to tell you, I, I think you're so great. I do you in my drag show, yeah. you know, and, you know, the songs that you sing and everything. She's just like, mm-hmm, thank you, thank you. You know, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because it's got a little bit of a knife's edge to it. Yeah. Because while Debbie Reynolds was definitely, like, a super champion of gay rights and super awesome, yeah. you know, like, definitely helped, like, years before Reagan was even saying AIDS, she was, like, doing benefits for yes. people with AIDS, you know. From what uh, from what I've uh, heard secondhand is I think she didn't expect to become a gay icon, right. and it was something that it took her a while to be like, oh, okay, I get it, right? You know, so like, but like, there is like that sort of thing of I don't try for this, you yeah, know, this like isn't, I'm not working for this. It just I, is what it is, it, you know. Like this is you just this just happens, honey, yeah. You know, and like the guy even sings like one of her songs as she's leaving. Very funny. And like, oh my god, she's so fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and it, but it is like it does like get that feeling of like. Even as, you know, and... And this is at rehab, you guys. Like, it's it, not just, like, rehab. down is, the yeah. street. It's, and like... I will, I will say the so one thing... Suzanne is, like, really... The one thing this movie does, I think, like, it does better in its way than doing, um, than, like, a, a, a straight-up literal story is, is you get the feeling that Suzanne... I want to say Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vale. You get the feeling Suzanne Vale does not have a Star Wars trilogy. In her, yes, in correct. Her thing. Like, because I know when I was a kid, I would have known Carrie Fisher far better right. than I knew Debbie Reynolds. Right. Debbie Reynolds would have been someone who showed up occasionally on sitcoms as a guest star or something. Right, right, right. You know, I wouldn't have known like like as I've got older, I'm like, oh my god, she was in Singing in the Rain, she was in this, she was in that. Oh my god, she's an old Hollywood icon. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But you know, like, but you know, like 
but she, but you get the feeling that like this is one way she's different than Carrie Fisher. I think there's one movie. I think she has one movie in her belt that was well known. I think. Yeah. It's not called Intolerable Cruelty, but that's the word I'm thinking like, of. It's like a two word thing. Yeah, I can't like, remember. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's something like that. You know, demolition it's, something or other. I well, it's it's it, it's like it's like an expression, like a yeah. two word expression, like yeah. grand delusion or something <laughs> right. like that. Now I want to look it up, but continue. But like that's like the only move. That's her big movie that gets referenced, but they don't really reference her like having like a ton of like like. I mean, and actually, Carrie Fisher really, like, other than the Star Wars movies, really is only a supporting role in every movie I can think of with her in it. Yes, exactly. I mean, there you are know? movies that she's in. I think like, again, like, I listed a bunch of movies in the beginning of this, but, like, when you get down to it in those movies, let's see. Um, I don't know. I, I can't I can't remember what Man of Women Richie was like. It's, I, I know I saw it on HBO when I was younger, but I don't remember much about it. I know, like, Blues Brothers, she has a small part, a great part, but a small part. The Burbs, she's, like, the wife. She's Tom Hanks' wife, but I don't, like, I feel like... You know, like, I, I, I don't, I, like, I don't, I, it's been a while since I've seen The Burbs. I will show you The Burbs. I love that movie, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember how big a part she is. She's a she's a, a main member of the family, but I think Tom Hanks is way more a focus of this movie. Okay. You know, um, and, um, like, When Harry Met Sally, she's a great supporting, small supporting role. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's not, Carrie Fisher's overall movie career, there's not, there's not really Carrie Fisher vehicles, you know, which, 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 judging by like apparently the fact that she preferred write, preferred writing to acting, I think she kind of didn't really want to be an actress as much as you know right. she fell into it because of her upbringing. Right. You know, like you get the feeling that like acting was something she did because hey, you know, I want someone to pay attention to me. But you know, we've seen the first half of uh, of uh, of uh, her one woman show, and we took a break from it to record this. You know, because here on New Year's Eve, on this, the Carrie Fisherist of days for us. Um, but, um, yeah, like, like the, that's why like, all I was saying is, like, I, you get the feeling that, like, and I kind of softened the blow by actually saying that Carrie Fisher herself only really had, like, starring roles in the Star Wars movies. And other than that, it was mostly supporting roles. But um, it is, like, you get the feeling, like, that she's much lesser than her mother, is yeah. where I was going with that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. her mother looms... And, in a way that her mother still must have loomed over, because because uh, again, Carrie Fisher only only nerds like me would think of her before Debbie Reynolds. Most film historians types would think Debbie Reynolds first. Well, the other thing you know? that's interesting is that in this movie, they make a really big deal, or uh, Shirley MacLaine makes a really big deal out of her daughter's singing voice. Yeah. So the singing is like this big thing that keeps coming up. Which is kind of amazing. There was a clip. That we like that was yeah. going around on YouTube. It's like the only time Carrie Fisher and her mother ever sang together. Yeah, you know, and and you get you, there is a little back and forth where she talks about I wish you sang more or yeah. something, and it's like you know, mother, I just I just don't do it anymore. Yeah, you know, like so it's kind of that like you know I think I think it's based on really Debbie Reynolds saying thinking that her daughter should sing more, yeah. you know, and but the, yeah, the singing definitely becomes a big thing. One of the most chilling lines though, when her mother is like going to her room. You know, and, and she meets her roommate who Allie, like, knew from, like, 90 roles. And I'm like, I don't remember this person at all. She's the woman actually having having just done, done uh, a baby boom. Baby boom. She's the woman who actually first buys the the yuppie baby food. Yep. Um, but um, I didn't recognize her because I... You don't I, need a $12 shirt. Get a Ralph Lauren. Yes. But she... But she um, basically, like, the, there's a chilling line yeah. that, um, that Shirley MacLaine's character says when she says... You know, like, she's like, that her biggest fear is that she'd lose her, that she'd be taken from her early. Oh my God, which, we both started to cry, like, like the, right at that moment. Allie, don't, 
don't speak for me. I don't want everyone to know that I'm a crybaby. You're a crybaby. I'm a huge crybaby. Yeah, I totally started to cry. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, all, I'm actually kind of breaking down now. I always had this feeling uh, you'd be taken from me early, and both John and I just like stared at each other, and it was like yeah. bawling tears. Yeah, because you know, like that was one of the first observations that I like after like like when like when I first heard that uh, Carrie Fisher had died. My first response was, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's not a lot of celebrities that I've broken down immediately and like wept over yeah. I think the first time that ever happened it didn't even happen with Jim Henson which you'd think it would have I think I just couldn't even cope yeah. when Jim Henson I was like 14 or so whenever he died which was I think in 1990 um, actually yeah, um, right. but like I think when Phil Hartman died that was the first oh. time I ever like a celebrity like like I was like no and no he was no so and, like, brutally uh, there's only been a handful of people like Joe Strummer David Bowie you know it's usually musicians was hard for me. Johnny Cash was not as hard for me because he was older, you know, and I knew he was going to die when June Carter died. Mm. In fact, when June Carter died, I, I actually, like I actually, day. I actually said, I can't remember who I said to. I, I remember turning to a friend of mine like at the time and saying, "Well, Johnny's not going to make it through another year." Yeah. Like you know, like the, I, I knew he was gone. Uh, and, and but in this case, like I remember, my first thought was, "My heart is so with Debbie Reynolds because I don't yes. care if you're like six or sixty, like the, like losing, losing it's a child. sin, it's a sin, it's a shame to outlive your child." It really it's, is. It's, you know, and like when Debbie Reynolds then passed away, like the next day, like it was like the most devastating. Yeah. Like you know, like I, I will say this, you know, like I, I, there's no medical science to back this up, but like I think people can die of a broken heart. I agree. You know, I. I, I, think I mean, that, I think like, that's what happened. I I think she like completely lost the will to live at that point. You know, because it was just such a back to back thing. Um, and then, so anyway, getting back to yeah, the loop. So, so the next thing I want to talk about is the mom jeans. Yeah, that that's Meryl actually what I have written wearing. down. I literally wrote down that Meryl Streep is wearing these mom jeans, and I wrote Shannon Doherty wants her Z Cavaricci's yeah. back. Oh my God, why must you always say Z Cavaricci on this they podcast? They are. They're those, totally. Those were guest jeans. No, they were Z Cavs. Those were. They were Z Cavs. Those are guest jeans. Nope. And, uh, Did you wear them? You don't know. <laughs> actually, pretty much everyone wore wore mom jeans. <laughs> Even that the guys wore mom so jeans bad. in the late '80s. Like I will say, like. Like the funniest thing about the term mom jeans, you you, you know, like there's gonna be a time when mom jeans is gonna translate actually to like jeggings. Oh God, yes. Um, stop trying to touch the dog. This is the the downfall of all of our podcasts is when one of us tries to interact with the dog. I wasn't. You were smushing him, and so I had to like. No, I wasn't smushing him. It's it's a pillow. He's fine. It's not my. It's not a log. I'm dropping on his head. I I shifted a couch cushion slightly. He's fine. But um, but like mom jeans are are a generational thing. I bet. Uh I'm willing to bet. Like in 20 years, it's going to be those like tight jeggings and things are going to be considered mom jeans. Probably true. You know, because what? Because like, because let's face it. What we think of as mom jeans were everyone wore jeans in the mid-80s. That's true. Like, mom or not. People our age wore mom jeans. Yeah. You know? Or as you call them, Z Cavaricis. Well, no, those particularly were. No, those were totally guess. Anyway, so... <laughs> the United Colors of Benetton. So she she's going to do a, another film. Yeah. And this is after, the, like, the first thing... But before that, before that, she does get flowers from the guy who pumped her stomach. Oh, yeah, she gets flowers from the doctor. She doesn't yeah. remember him, so whatever. But she has to... So according to her agent, um, in order to do this movie, because the insurance doesn't want to cover her and they won't, you know, back her, she has to live with her mother for the run of the film. And so she agrees to do that. And so now she's moved in with Shirley MacLaine and Shirley MacLaine's husband, who doesn't speak except for one line in the entire movie. And then he mostly at the just end. sits and watches TV. Yeah. Actually, he has two lines because he, he doesn't he say, doesn't he say, like, no, he doesn't no, say it. He doesn't Never say mind. Anything well, well, until well, the yeah. last. You're right. So, uh, um, but like, there, like I, is it when she's in the office with her age, with her manager or whatever, uh, that like, 
like her mother says something like the problem with your generation is like this like she does like a, the problem with yeah. your generation thing and she's like mom I don't have a generation then you should get, get one. one I don't know it's why the strangest I, it's, thing. it's such a weird line yeah. like it really is evocative yeah. and I will say this that like like it like Carrie Fisher does has a good turn of phrase with a lot of her lines yeah she's got like but like there's a like it's a cleverness I, I don't know what that means but it really like stuck with me enough <laughs> that I wrote it down that was that was the agent that said that and maybe you should get oh one. yeah then I think you should, should get, get one, one. I, I I wrote it down uh, yeah. like verbatim it, she says I don't have a generation then I think you should get one that's right it is the it's agent very weird you so know. anyway so so when she gets on set. Um, and she's playing a cop, and we don't exactly know. It's a, and it's was. a shitty low it's budget. Shitty the low first budget. thing they do when she gets upset is they tie her to a cactus. Well, wait, no. Before that happens, though, she gets to her trailer. Oh, I and thought it was walks, uh, Oh yeah, no, no, you're right. In walks before. Rob Reiner, and he basically is like, just by checking in, make sure I'm one of the and associate one of, producers. Yeah, like, well, like I, she knows him because she actually yeah. doesn't. He doesn't introduce himself. Well, no, they, I think someone else said one of the associate producers yes. is coming in. Yes, he doesn't he, introduce himself. So he but, gets there and he's like, just checking to make sure everything's up to snuff. Yeah, and and. Basically, he says, you know, we hate this as much as you do. But we need but you to do a drug test. We need you to do a drug test. And it's like, do you, you know, she's like, do you want me to pee in a cup or do you want blood? And yeah. Like, Whatever's easier. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then. Urine will be fine. And she's like, do you have something for me to pee into? Oh, yes, here, here it is. She's like, are you going to wait? And he's like, oh, no, we'll have a nurse come pick it up later. It's like the strange. Yeah, it's a very awkward moment. And, and, and that, and weirdly enough, like, again, like, Rob Reiner doesn't come back. No, which that's is funny. It. It's his only thing. That's his funny. Th- I mean, I guess it's because Rob Reiner is a is a person who's predominantly a director. After a certain point, he yeah. basically just does cameos, you know. But um, you know, like, but I'm saying almost everyone else's movie comes back eventually. So uh, then she meet, she meets she gets tied to a tree. Right, she's she's a cactus, with a cactus. and <laughs> she's, she's tied to a cactus with her co-star, <laughs> who's Michael Antikian. Antikian, I think. Antikian, but like it's, we spent forever trying, trying to figure, figure out, out like because he looks super familiar. He's the sheriff from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Whom I, I love his character in Twin Peaks. And like the moment we realized, I'm like, oh, finally. Like, yeah. And actually, Michael Antin is probably a perfect person to play that. Yeah. Because he's kind of, like, and this is around the time Twin Peaks was actually coming out, yeah. 1990. He's kind of a guy who probably has done mostly low budget crap. Crap. You right. know, like, Playing I, like a romantic like lead. And... Yeah. Like in, in a garbage movie. Yeah. You know, but like, I love, like, and they do a lot of great Hollywood set gags. Yeah. Like, they, like, like in the middle of like, they're in this desert and whatever. Tied to a cactus and like a guy opens a door in the sky in the background. <laughs> it's really funny. I mean, I, it was obviously a matte painting, yeah. you know, but I think it was probably less obvious of a matte painting circa 1990. Yeah. Because, you know, like that was so. They didn't have high depth then. Well, yeah, they didn't have high depth. Well, it was also, that was so expected in movies yeah, that's true. that people kind of expected movies to have matte paintings. So it was like, you know, you yeah. don't notice it. Like now, when if a movie uses a matte painting now, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like when something's on a soundstage now. Right. You know, like, like if you watch a movie from the 40s, everything outdoors is pretty much a soundstage. There's almost no location shooting. True. You know, so, like, when you, like, like, but you accept it. But if you did, like, a soundstage in a modern movie for just a regular outdoor shot that could be shot outdoors. Yeah. You'd be, like, people, like, would be like, what the fuck is with this movie? Is this, what is this choice to do this? Right. You know, you just can't do soundstages for that kind of stuff anymore. Soundstages are only for things that aren't real. So and the, even nowadays, mostly they're just green screen rooms. So you know. there's yeah, it's like a crappy like. Oh, and I will say the set like does the one thing that like I find entertaining in movies, but I don't think could ever be a real thing, which is it does the Hollywood backlot jokes where there's just people dressed in the weirdest yeah. outfits for no reason. It's not as bad as like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit level. Of so crazy, this is but. so this is day one of her of her of her crappy movie, and she leaves, and Debbie Reynolds picks her up, and we meet we meet her director. 
We don't meet our director yet. Oh, we don't? No, we meet him day two. Oh, day two. We hear him. He says something, but we yeah. don't really meet him. Well, you called him instantly based on his voice. I did. And actually. I will I will give you credit. Thank you. You immediately went, Is that Simon Callow? Yeah. It was and I was like, Simon Oh my Callow. God, it might be. And then it we was. looked it up, it totally. Like, who sounds like Simon Callow Nobody. except Simon, Simon Callow? Simon Callow sounds like Simon Callow. I can't Simon even Callow. do a Simon Callow. No. He's such a very, like, it's, 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 it's a British accent, but it's also this, like, incredibly fluid. Yeah, all the shitty stuff with like the other producers and everyone else coming up to all happen and then he, overhearing that conversation yeah. happens day well, two. Well, it's like, yeah, day so two we're not there like... to, So we're not there at day two because we still have the, we have her mom picking her up and then we have the party. So let me talk yeah. about the mom picking her up. So, so mom picks her up and here was another thing that I wrote down that also made me cry. Debbie Reynolds says, um, she's telling her this story about how she had her hysterectomy and she had fibroids and, you know, she's like, you know, I, you know, just remember, you know, in our family, all the women die young. I was like, oh. Yeah, I mean, which is funny because, I mean, not funny, haha, but Debbie Reynolds was 84. She was old. Like, like yeah, like, but, you know, her daughter, yeah. yeah, like, it, like, but Carrie Fisher actually, you know, was only, God, again, she was younger than my fucking parents and way younger than your parents. Like, jeez. It's like, like, it, it's, it, it is one of those things. Like, it, it's funny because, like, I still in my mind think of her as kind of Princess Leia aged, yeah. like, as my default just because I was such a Star Wars fan for so many years of my life. But ironically, even thinking of her in my head as being in her 20s, like like finding out she was only 60 still blew my mind. I thought she was older. When, you we, know? when we get to um, the house, there's all these cars there. And, and Suzanne says, you know, what's going on? And she's like, oh. and Trillian McLean's like, oh, I just invited some people over. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, so basically she's like, you know, to, to, to congratulate you for coming home from rehab. And, you know, she's like, film. and she's, she's like, like, mom, I have to work like tomorrow. Morning, and I don't like, want all these people here. And then it, like basically she's at this... And and but her roommate's with her, like yeah, her roommate shows up. Her roommate shows She's up. She's drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like her room, her her roommate's also in rehab, so but yeah. like, but like she's living with her mother. But I, I guess it's like she she brings her along as like a plus one. Yeah. To like, but like, yeah, it's like this crazy mix of like obviously like old family friends in the Hollywood thing and and actual literal family. Right. And this is know. when we get to meet. We, oh my god! And I've mentioned her Your in passing moment. as a voice, like one of the, I thought the voice actress sounded like her, but we finally welcome to the podcast, my favorite match game contestant. Our, our panelist, Mary, Mary Wicks. Wicks. Ooh, I love Mary, Mary Wicks. Wicks so much. Like, there's someone could probably do a weird psychological study of me about how much I love brassy elderly women. Yeah, B. Arthur, Mary Wicks. I love me some Mary Wicks. Yeah. And, uh, like, Mary Wicks is always, like, she's... Like in the match game, she always plays like the the dizzy old like the dizzy old broad. She's not. I don't. I, Mary Wicks is someone who was never like attractive. I right. think when she was younger, she played mostly scrawny, skinny like school marm types. Mm-hmm. And then like as she got older, she gained weight and she moved into just playing like like crazy old women. Mm-hmm. I think her last role was in Sister Act. Oh I no! Her, oh, no, her very last role was a voice. She was one of the gargoyles in the Hunchback, the oh, Disney Hunchback. Interesting. Um, but like, yeah, like she was main. I think her main claim to fame for most people is she's one of the nuns in Sister Act, which I've never seen. So, I, oh, really? Yeah, I know. I, oh, I've got huge gap. Like again, you want you want bad B movies from like the fifties through the nineties. Yeah, I'm your boy. Yeah. You, you know, you want mainstream movies that were popular with people. I I, I have huge gaps. You so know, her so husband. but and her husband. Welcome again to the podcast, oh glorious, glorious day of days, Conrad Bain, brother of Bonar Bain. Yes, we are we are fans of Conrad Bain, and he and he's like 
He's a, he's a he's got dementia. Yeah, which you know, which it rings true. Like they they do. He does a really good job of being he like really does. Like because I've 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 had family members with dementia and I've dated people who've had family members with dementia. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's insidious. It's well, it, it and it is a thing where they have these moments and they get really irritable mm-hmm. about the fact that like they they're like they think that a lot of times they don't realize that they're being dementiaed. You know, like it's, part of dementia is not recognizing it in yourself. I think the most beautiful moment of this of this thing is when um, you realize that it's actually Mary Wicks's uh, Shirley MacLaine's mother. Yeah, and she's which, very by the way, I did not realize for the longest time. I thought they were just like an an aunt and uncle or oh, something. Oh yeah, but and until so, later. So, but anyway, she leaves, and then um, Aretha, the roommate, says, "You know, wow, she, you know that she's kind of overbearing or something like that," and. How Suzanne describes Mary Wicks is one of my favorite ways to describe somebody like that. She calls her a lovable loud mountain. <laughs> yeah. I just loved that. I'm like, yes, it's yeah. perfect. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I do love and like, sh- and and like, it's gonna come back later. Uh, let's put a pin in that for mm-hmm. when she shows up the second yeah. time. Um, so but, then um, they get inside, and of course, um, you know, uh, Doris Mann, i.e., Shirley MacLaine's character, says. Um, Oh, you know, you know, welcome home to my daughter. I'm so happy to have her. They like blow out candles or whatever. And then she's like, would you sing for us, please, Suzanne? Sing for us. Sing something for us. Sing something for us. And there's a piano player there. And they're all Because like, of course they have a piano player. They have an accompanist at the party. Right. So she, so of course, you know, she says, no, 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 no. And then finally she says, okay. Old fashioned piano party. And she goes over and she tells the guy, you know, this Ray Charles song. And it's beautiful. And she does this incredible, like soulful gorgeous yeah. version of this song. But, it, but it, it's kind of diffident. She builds up, but it yeah. starts very diffident. And it, it's not, it's well done technically, but she's not really performing it. Right. Like she's just singing from she's the heart. She's just singing it from the heart. Like, yeah. yeah. She's not trying to like, she's not trying to get you know, the and after, and after, every, and after everyone applauds and like, it's like, I told you, you're such, you should all, you should be a singer. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, like immediately one of the, like, Obviously, like the plants. Well, no, it wasn't a plant. It and was going to say that no. Way. He's he's obviously playing like he's probably he's a, probably a, a, an old school actor that has been out of business for a while. Yeah. He's obviously gay. You know, he's coded super gay, and he has like the ascot, and the, yeah. like he's the older. Like he's like, why don't you sing one? Yeah. You know, to Doris. Doris, sing us a number, and she's like, and she does the. Oh, she no. does the she does the proper Jewish thing of refusing three times before yes, <laughs> before accepting, true. and then and then she only does it because. Uh, Suzanne says to do it. She's yeah. like, no, yes, mom. But she, sing. but she, like, I think it was one of those things where Suzanne knew that if she didn't, of do course, it, it of would course, yeah, you know, it would. Be, she'd have to pay for it later. So, and then Shirley MacLaine immediately goes into a full I mean, on saloon singer like number. Like, it's the kind of thing that you do on your broad on your Las Vegas show. Like where you sing all your hits, you know, brilliant. like it's super, it, like super rehearsed, super choreographed. Like she has all the moves, good, you know, and, and like she's literally like. Like banging on the piano to get him to play harder yeah. at certain parts, and and like literally when she starts, she's like this in the key. Like I yeah. can't remember what the song in was. The in The key of D flat. It's like, but it was like she just I'm still here in the key of D flat. Yeah, you know, like she says it like like business like like they already like they had already rehearsed it. Obviously. Like whereas whereas like, like whereas like uh, Suzanne Suzanne was like. Do you know this song? And he's like, sing me a little bit, and like, like, and they, the company has had to kind of like find work and, and find it yeah. and figure out the song. But this was like, oh yeah, of course I know this, ma'am. <laughs> you know, like it was, and she does like a full on routine. Yeah. Like she's flat, like she's like doing the crossing her legs, and like she's she's obviously wearing a dress with a slit so she can just, so she can show off the fact that she's still got great legs. <laughs> you know, like it is it is dead perfect. Like you know, and and you you just see Carrie Fisher going, she's smiling. Not Carrie Fisher. 
I keep wanting to say Carrie Fisher. I'm even imagining Carrie Fisher doing it. I That's know, how much. It's not, it's but like strange. Meryl Streep is like she's even got that smile of like it's that I'm impressed and I'm annoyed at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like I love you, but I want to murder you. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so, she makes a co- one of the lines in the song is, um, "I made it through all of last year," and yeah. she like touches Suzanne's face at that moment. Like, you put me through a lot. Yeah. Little girl kind of idea. And it's like, oh, well, fuck. And also, and another one is also, I've gone through so much. Like, another way to look at it that's also, like, irritating is I've gone through so much. Yeah. It's like, uh... And you can, like, you can't handle this. I, I, you know, like, you know, which is kind of the running theme is, like, the mother, like, is like, why can't you cope? I know how to cope. Right. You know, and which, let's go ahead and talk about it now. Sure. She copes with drinking. Drinking, yeah. She's got a, a fairly severe drinking problem that she does not. I don't know if this is true of the real Debbie Reynolds. Like, I don't think so. You know, I think that's the one thing that's not the same. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, having a drinking I, problem. Well, I like I, I certainly don't think I remember like the events of this. Uh, I, the events of this, like you know, like happening in real life. Um, like, I, but again, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was. It would have been the mid late '80s when this happened in the real world. If it did, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I probably was out of the loop on that. I was a small, I was a ten year old, basically. Well, how dare you? You know, so, but um, anyway, basically the party ends awkwardly. We go to the next day on set, and that's when we we get the first of many pull asides through. And uh, this was an oh my god because yeah. I like a young Oliver Platt. Well, wait before we go there. First, we talk to Simon Cowell. No, we don't. You my don't notes do. actually have him next. Uh, no, maybe we do. No, we talked to Simon Cowell first because he's the first oh, one to give her yeah, the, one like, the notes. He said, he's like the he said the producers saw the rushes and they're not they're not 100% happy and it's only because you just look like you could be having more fun. Which is a weird note to get. Yes. Especially since then, she was tied to a cactus in the scene that they shot. And they only did one day. So th- and she had no rehearsal. So then she goes to, and she gets a, which I think is really Yeah, she actually came in saying, am I going to get a chance to rehearse this? And they're yeah. like, You don't need rehearsal. And, like, and the actor's like, oh, you're used to big budget movies. Yeah, this is a small like, budget movie. This is like, we don't, we don't have the time for this. So you know? she then she goes to the trailer, or like goes to like the food truck to get something to eat, which is really funny because the entire running theme of the show is that since she's now yeah, she's no like longer Brad Pitt in the Ocean's Eleven movie. She's constantly eating. Which is obviously a re- reflection of the actual Carrie Fisher's life because, you know, as we well know, Carrie Fisher, I would say she battled her with her weight, but I don't think she did other than to get parts. Yeah. Like, other than they, like, she, I think she was pretty comfortable in her skin. She was. You know, one, but yeah, once she stopped really doing drugs, you know, like, like many people, like, she, she turned to food as like, like, you know, like, you but the thing is, the thing she kept eating was Fritos, which yeah. I thought was really funny. That was like, yeah, Allie was thing. like, I think there's a product placement here. I'm like, I'm not sure because it doesn't really paint Fritos in a good light. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, like, I almost feel like you'd have to pay Fritos for the right to do that to their name. And she goes and gets this big bag of Fritos and she starts eating it and then in walks. A young Oliver Platt, who I shit you not now. This is the thing. This is 1990. I think A Few Good Men might have been on Broadway at this point. Uh-huh. It was not even a movie yet. Right. So I don't think this was intentional. But holy shit, he, he looked, looked like, like, a, like he looked like like he was he playing an Aaron Sorkin analog. He, he, he even kind of sounded like Aaron Sorkin the he way did. he was playing it. Like I was like, holy fuck, what is Aaron Sorkin doing in this movie? It was really funny. Like, yeah, but like, and this is this is weird. Like, it's Oliver Platt, like at the thinnest I've ever oh, seen him. Oh yeah. I mean, he still had a very round face because that's just the bone structure. But yeah, that was the thinnest I have ever seen Oliver Platt. Like that was like that's like seeing like when you see Vincent D'Onofrio in an '80s movie when he's thin, and it's like what what. what? And the you joke know? is that he gives her the exact same note, but right. then tells her how to be funny. Yeah. Which oh, is like and great. it's a very it's, it's like so I'm gonna tell you something. Obnoxious. I'm a theater director. I'm yeah. not just a producer yeah it's like he was like an associate producer or like yeah. an assistant producer or something yeah. he wasn't like he's like a low man he on the 
really thought he was helping. Yeah, and it's really funny. Oh, it's so obnoxious. Oh, and it's so it's so perfectly like it's well, it's it, you know what? It's perfect. I will say this. I have gotten advice on how to do things, and I'm not even a famous actor. I'm like a guy who's done some acting, and I did a little bit of stand up like years and years and years ago, and I got so much advice on what I should do and yeah. what kind of jokes I should tell yeah. and how I should how I should be funny from yeah. people who have never told a joke, written a joke, or even been on a stage in their life. It is astonishing how much people want to tell you how to do your job yeah. when you're when you're a performer in any in any capacity. You know, people who don't do your job and never could do your job and never even would try to do your job. Right. You know, they want to live vicariously through you, I guess. So um, anyway. So as she's leaving Oliver Platt, she runs into Anthony Heald, who, if you don't know that name, he's actually uh, the horrible doctor dude in... um, Oh my god! And Silence of the Lambs. You see the blonde, the bald, the blonde, blonde is the word. I was the blonde, creepy looking dude. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. That's why I knew him yeah, from Silence of the Lambs. That's right. I, I I didn't I didn't actually know who who it was either. When you said Anthony Heald, I'm like who? Yeah. And he also gives the exact same note. Just looks yeah. like you'd be he's having such more a smart fun. He's so smart. He's such a creep. He, well, he's a guy who's going to get play, play creeps. That's she he, ends he up hiding like in some wardrobe because she hears Simon Callow talking to the wardrobe assistant. And oh, I forgot to look up who the wardrobe assistant is, but I've seen her in a lot of yeah. stuff. And she's basically, they're basically talking about how fat she's getting and you know, how like, they have I to thought hide she was it. in much better shape. Her yeah. breasts are just gone. It's like terrible. It's like when she was laying on her back, they were going into her armpits. Yeah, it's like awful. You know, and like they're, like they're talking incredibly badly about her. And he had just pumped her up to her face. Yeah. You know, and like, but she's hiding, listening to them, like just like cattily tear her apart, which, you know, that happens in the real world. Yeah. Like people just do that, you know, and she, uh, like, and so she has her shitty second day, and I guess like I guess that's kind of the end of that day. She goes to leave, and she bumps into Dennis Quaid. Yes, who in this capacity, like he kind of he does it's this this whole like his her interactions with him are so strange. Yeah, I agreed. Like I get it now in hindsight, but he talks about how like like because she doesn't really recognize him, and he talks about like oh you went to uh, like you went to this high school you know, and he's like oh. Did you go there? And he's like, well, yeah. And like, the teacher did this. And then he's like, but I'm the teacher. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like this whole really weird, weird story. Like, story. But it turns out he's actually a movie producer. Oh, is that true? Well, he's got a big house and he talks about being a producer and they all know him. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a producer, actually. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Like, so he's obviously, it's like a joking thing, but I didn't, that, that I didn't was one part that of the movie that didn't really make weird. it clear. Like, yeah. look at his house. No teacher has a house like that. I guess that's a good point. Look, think about here, that. here's the thing. As I noticed later, like, and we only know this because Allie and I watch garbage, and uh, we the we, we just recently watched the very first season of The Bachelor, and The Bachelor. I shit you not, the shot from his yard, the infinite like the infinity swimming pool or whatever, going over the over the cliffs and everything. That's the same fucking set they used yeah. for the first season of The Bachelor house. You know, like it's astonishing. I was watching that, like, what the fuck? That's the Bachelor House. Yeah. You know, so um, and I, I don't know if they use it in later seasons. I don't know. Like I like we I've only seen a couple of episodes of the like seasons of the Bachelor and they've been fairly recent. Like so I um but it, it is it is a ba- it is I swear to god it's the first season of the Bachelor House, you know, like a dozen years earlier. And uh, and so she ends up with it's like God, it's such a weird, awkward affair, and it like and it their 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 thing goes from cute banner to creepy in like two. That's what I wrote. It goes from directly from cute to creepy because like it goes from like this this sort of weird, awkward banner we talked about to him talking about how he was always a fan of hers. 
and he's really into her. And, and every time like, she looks, you smell like Catalina. It, and then Which, like, by the way, you smell like Catalina. I know Catalina is actually an island off the coast of uh, of California yeah. and whatever. But when I grew up, Catalina was a salad dressing. <laughs> and I'm sure, had I watched this movie when it first came out, I'd <laughs> have been what like, you, would have thought. "You smell like a salad dressing? That is not a place." The other thing is that, like, he says, he he basically tells her that when she was doing whatever the movie was, that it looked like she was looking through the lens right to him. It was really, oh, cre- it was like stalker. Creepy. It started to feel it's like I, I've always loved you. Yeah, like I love you now. And it's so like, oh, it's like, I, I, I after a while, I like my nose went down to just me writing you like 50 yeah, times. Because yeah. it was so creepy. And I thought that was the end of it. I yeah. really thought that was the end of it. And then I, I guess I didn't think about the fact that this is, you know, that this is an actress who is struggling with esteem issues and recovery yeah. and things yeah. and just having someone love her or oh, seem to love good, her, right. like, kept her in line for that. So you, because, yeah, you, um, I'm going to move. You know, um, whoa. Sorry, I have to move. You've ruined my life. My, knees are, my knees are hurting. Yeah, like, I wanted to die, basically, it watching really that scene. It was really creepy. And then so we go, we go back to the set. Um, actually, no, not no, yet. no, no, she no, no, no. She goes for a mother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She comes she home late. because, like, he was. She was out with him, and she comes home super late. In fact, it's daylight. Like, it's obviously it's she's like come home so late. Morning. It's 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 super early morning, and her mother's still awake drinking, and like this baleful like like I've been waiting for you. And there's a great line when she's like, "Did you use a condom or whatever?" And like she's like, "Mom, you know, it's like it's like it's like I hope it's your morals in question, not your judgment." <laughs> You know, which look that is a great line. Again, also, I, kudos, Carrie. Other great line. other things that were said that I thought were really funny were, um, um, I, this is going back to her and him. He said he says something about, um, don't you have any something about having feelings? And she says, how many feelings? More than two, which I thought was really funny. And <laughs> yeah, then, she was. Yeah, she was like joking with him. Yeah, like, and in, in a way, like, like she couldn't because she couldn't take him seriously because he was so self serious. Yeah, yeah. You know, which and I and then later and then when she's home with her mom. Um, they start having a little bit of a fight and her mom says, well, how would you like to have Joan Crawford for a mother, Alana Turner? And, and she just goes, these are my options. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a great yeah. moment. Because like, yeah, she's listing like the worst Hollywood parents right. as like, you know, like, like, okay, yeah. So basically it's either my mom is a little overbearing yeah. and, and competitive or my mom is a monster. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, know, one like... do we, which one are we going with? So then they're on set again and she's talking with like Michael Antikian. Antikian. Antikian, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and he, mentioned, he mentioned something about like, like, what did you do last night? And she talks about how she went out with the guy, the guy yeah, Jack he, Faulkner, or whatever. Yeah, and the fact the fact that everyone knows him, he's not a school teacher, yeah, obviously. That's obviously. And why would he be on the lot? And he's like, oh yeah, he knows. Um, What's her name? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Eve, or, I don't remember her name. Can't remember her name. Doesn't matter. And this is another. Name. This is funny because you 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 called Simon Callow in one note. We watched an entire scene with a young but Annette Benning. She looked familiar. But yeah, but wait, I know that's what I'm saying. We watched an entire scene with a young Annette Benning having. No fucking. But I will clue say, I kept saying she, she looks really familiar, and John's like, "She's no one. She's no one important." Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It kind of, it turns out I apparently have only seen Annette Benning in middle age. Yeah. Because I literally like that was young Annette. She Benning. was very young. She looked like she was in she her was like high. maybe like her late twenties. Yeah. She looked good. Yeah, but like like I mean, she still looks good for like you know like middle aged woman. You know like. Yeah. But yeah, like it was, like it was very much like, oh God, that is a net bidding. Holy yes, shit! Exactly. But I, I like, okay, my notes are gonna fall apart at this point. I okay. just kicked over a small chair. Okay. Um, so, um, like my my, I've got two notes after Annette Benning. Most okay. of my notes are just actor name exclamation point. Okay. You know. So after this, she goes um, back home, and she's now had a really terrible day, and um, she sneaks 
into her mom's um, oh yeah uh, bathroom. And oh, she, by the way, we, we we missed the great scene between because Dennis Quaid. Uh, oh yeah, scene, right. Uh, when Dennis Quaid comes to her house and, flirt, she, and like her mother was flirting with yeah. him, sort of, and he was flirting with her yeah. in like a friendly way. Uh, but he goes to talk with her father, her stepfather, and he's like. And like stepfather's just watching. watching. What are you watching? And the stepfather just points at the television, and he doesn't say a damn word. Which I that was just classy. Okay, so anyway, so she 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 goes. She actually has the scene with Annette Bening, who's sleep. And the reason she has the scene with Annette Bening, which we didn't explain, is because she's sleeping with. She's sleeping with with Faulkner. With Faulkner. And so and and it turns out she slept with him the afternoon before they went Catalina before the Catalina. And yeah, he used the Catalina line on both of them. Yeah, and so and and Annette Bening's like, what's the big deal? And and yeah, so, that bidding's like, whatever, you know? And like, so she goes and confronts him, and they have this big fight, and um, he's, you know, a real... And she's in her cop uniform yeah. still. He's such a jerk-off jerk off to I'm her. I'm not going to lie. What bothered me throughout the whole scene was I didn't, I could not tell if she was going to ever get her sunglasses back. Because she had them on when she came into the scene, and then they were gone, <laughs> and I'm like, where did you put them? Where did they go? You're not getting those back. So she leaves. I worry about these sort of things. They have a big fight. It's like when a doorbell rings and people take forever to get to it. She, they have a fight. She leaves. And uh, drives home, and then she like sneaks into her mother's, you know, cabinet and gets some pain pills. And you're like, oh no, she's gonna yeah. take the pills. And, again. And, and, and this is actually she's a pretty, relapse. pretty great like acting bit from uh, from Shirley McLean because Shirley McLean knows she exactly stole the pills. What she comes in, she's like, she has that look of like, okay, I know what's going on. But then she goes in and she's like, she's mixing a smoothie. Yeah. And she's and what's funny is I I love that like she brings this like this thing of low fat yogurt out. And starts putting in the blender, and you're like, I hope that's not sour cream. <laughs> like, like sour cream. Sa- yeah, you know what? I think much like if you tape a bunch of cats together to get a cow, <laughs> I think sour cream actually looks the same as yogurt on, on camera. But um, she ends up making this smoothie. It's like berries and bananas and whatever while she's talking to her. And then as Shirley, as a, uh, they have a bit of a fight, and as uh, as uh, Meryl Streep storms off, she just takes a moment, thinks about it. Brings out a bottle of vodka, and just dumps, dumps it until the, the until in. the blender's full, yeah. and and like and like basically has like the drunkiest drunk smoothie that ever there was. Well, this is where they have their fight, and this is where it's like, yeah, this is really where it's like your like basically this is where like she's like you know like what have I done? What have I done What's to you? So bad. What's so right. bad that I've done? And like Meryl Streep doesn't want to say anything, right? And finally, she's like, "You think I have a drinking problem, don't you?" And she's like, "You do. You think I'm an alcoholic?" Like, you are an alcoholic. You know, and she says it so matter-of-factly. She's yeah. like, yeah, that that's not, you know, like, it's it's like, and she's like, well, at least I can handle drink. You yeah. can't handle drugs. Right, right. You know, which is a very harsh scene. And like, Ugh. and up to that point, like, it, and, and, and like, I could totally feel for Meryl Streep's character. Like, even though I'm not a guy who's been in rehab, I right. don't really have a drug problem. Right. That feeling of like, you know you're in the right but they use like a non sequitur argument on you that you can't win because they're yeah. what they're saying is true about you. Like that's the that's like the it's meanest argument yeah. argument tactic anyone has like can do is like you know like tell tell a horrible truth about you. Yeah, you know like and it's just like but she doesn't want it like and she ends up leaving and you see her she, she you see off. her she storms off and in the car she like takes the pills throws the pills down her throat takes a moment and then she ends up throwing them up. Yeah, she pukes them so up. She she puts two fingers down her throat and throws them up onto the street. And then she walks into a studio and in there is um, Gene Hackman and she's Oh, cuz like, she's doing like she has she's to do going looping. For ADR, she's yeah. going to loop like some stuff from that movie that she shot at the beginning yep. cuz it's in post production now and now now they're getting to the point like she needs to loop 
you know, and um, yeah, she goes in and Gene Hackman's there, and, he, and, and she it's, it's, he's kind of icy. He's kind of icy at first to her because he doesn't know what to expect. Well, and she also walks in early. And he's like, she apologizes profusely. And he's like, we didn't expect you for another half an hour. Yeah. And she's like, oh, is, is it okay that I'm here? And he's like, yeah, of course it's okay. So, and, and it's it's funny because again, the last time you've seen her, he's he has just blown up at her and just been like a total like like justified. A justified, justified asshole. asshole yeah. Because what she did was like she was ruining his movie. Yeah. You know, and like I get it. You know, you don't. You know, here's the thing. I am not a judgmental person about drugs and al- drugs right. and alcohol. I'm really not. The time you is want, money. You want to do yeah, but like but you know you come you, you come to work sober. You know, yes. like like when you're when you're on when someone else is paying you to like be an actor. Yeah. You know, you got you know, like you you get plenty of time in between jobs to get effed up. Yeah. You know. Yep. <clears throat> so I get it. You know. But, um, so, like, but Hackman is, like, it's it's interesting because it's, like, he's so, like, He's so nice. fatherly. Like, I, I, it's, like, I, this is where it threw me. This is where I was, like, sh- wait, sweet Gene Hackman? Yeah, it's, like, I've never seen, so I've seen Gene Hackman be, sweet. I've seen Gene Hackman be hard as nails. I've seen him be goofy and funny. I've yeah. seen him be sadistic. You know, I, I, I've seen him be a gruff authority figure. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen Gene Hackman being just a sweet guy. I mean, he's so compassionate. Yeah, so like, like you, you, you realize that he was mad at her because she was ruining her life and ruining his movie. Yes, you know. But you really see that he cares about like, her. Like, like, and but he's actually like, yeah, it's it's gonna be okay. Like, you you can do this. You know, like, you know, he really and, her and off she sees and... it. Like, and that's when she learns that like that take that she ruined in the first bit of the movie with the mommy line is the, the best, best take, take of, of the, the day. day. So she has to do to loop over like that with the correct line, and she you see her do it, and she's like crying watching herself because she realizes how much of a mess she was. Yeah. You know, and he and he comes over and consoles her. You know, and it's very it's very touching because it's something you don't often see yeah. in movies that does exist, like a lot in the in the performing arts world, which is a physical a physical kindness yes. that is not sexual. sexual. I was just going to say like, that, and I was watching it, and I actually thought for a minute, my God, is this going to turn into a romance? It looked so. like he was going to kiss her, and so. then I was like, oh, that's right. Like a lot of performing arts people are huggy yeah. and like they're close, yeah. You know, in a way that like I, even though I, even though I, I, even though I've got a, like a twenty odd year relationship, like nearly twenty five year relationship with performing myself, I'm much less. You're a super huggy person. I am, but I am much less likely to be physical. I'm very standoffish about it, you know. And but like a lot, like but yeah, like it, like he's like he's very close to her, but he, like it's a it's actually more of a supportive hugging sort of familial relationship. Yeah. Like, and he, he gives her this advice and he gives her this very good speech, like heartfelt speech about like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but like, you know, he gives her this speech about redemption and whatever. And she's like, well, that's really good. You know, and he's like, well, it's like, it's like, did you just come up with that on the spot? And he's like, well, I, I had about a half hour to work on it before you got here. You know, if you give me another half if, hour, if you give me the really whole half hour, it would have been perfect. Right. You know, <clears throat> so, and it turns out he's like, you know, like basically saying like, I want you in my next movie. Yeah, I have yeah, a part like, for you. I have a part for you. And she's like, what? You'd you give me another chance? Sh- yeah, you wouldn't be you, ashamed to work with me? And he's like, you know, it's like, I'm still not, I, she's like, I'm still a mess. I'm still not really recovered. And he's like, well, you got another six months. It, you know, like, yeah. don't worry, you'll be fine. You know, and, they, and like, I, I don't know really what else happens in the movie. Does it just, I mean, oh, no, I know exactly what else happens. Yes, you do. Because it's that day. It's the same day. That same day, she's driving home. And she, and sees, she sees her mother's car. Yep. Which is the car her mother's been driving her around in earlier in the movie smashed into a tree and there's a police car there you know and an, you know, like there's not an ambulance there's a police car there and there's people milling about and she's like what the hell happened he's like there's an accident he's like like and she keeps asking questions like who are you i'm like i'm her i'm her 
like that's my mother's car, yeah. you know. Uh, and he's like, and she's like, oh, she's at this hospital, right? You know, and like, and but she's been arrested because it was a DUI, right? Like, you know, and so she goes to the hospital. She's like, oh my god, and there's like the press are already there. They found out about it. And this is a great moment because like, she walks in. Yeah, she walks and she she goes to the room. And in the room, in the room are the stepfather, the grandmother, the grand Mary Wicks, Conrad Bain, and Mary Wicks is just berating. Shirley McLean. And Shirley McLean is is like she looks like hell. She's hell. like she's been so beautifully made up and perfect. And now that she's like she's got no makeup. She's got her like you you realize her great hair has always been a wig. Yeah. You know, and she's got like a huge bandage on her head and like there's, you know, and like and, and she looks, she's, she looks, she's she like she doesn't have her makeup up. on. And there's this really beautiful scene where like where Meryl Streep is puts her makeup on her and is talking. But that doesn't happen her. yet. First, she, oh, well, she gets first, Mary yeah. Wicks out of. The I'm sorry. Yeah, and Mary Mary Wicks is being just, just awful. awful. And that's where you that's where you realize like yes, this is a case of like total like. Whereas though the the way it works is Shirley MacLaine's character is like a self made person. In fact, there's a great line in their fight. She's like, I spent my whole life. I started with nothing and I built myself up to this. You started with everything and all you want to do is make it nothing. Yeah. You know, like, which is you know, like, and, but like, you get this whole thing of like, you know, like, there's a whole like thing Gene Hackman says, like, yeah, your mother's overbearing. You know, I'm, her mother was overbearing. Her mother before that, all the way back yeah. to Eve. Yeah. You know, they're all, and, and you see it in action as Mary Wicks basically gives her hell. Yeah. For like, like, you've screwed up. You're a, fa-, you know, like, yeah. this is what, this is what, like, I knew this, like, she's very negative. And Carrie Fisher's like, okay, Grandma, get out. Mm-hmm. And like, basically, she's like, what? You know, like, you're siding with her? Yeah, of course you would, you know? And she's like, Grandma, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I can't remember, like, she gets, so she bustles Mary Wicks out, and I can't remember what Conrad Bain he says. Just sits there, yeah. He was sitting there, and he says, like, one offhand line. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, she's like, oh, she's a real pain in the ass or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, you know, and so there's this, so anyway, there's this touching moment where, like, they're, they're kind of, they have this heartfelt conversation while, uh, Meryl Streep puts Shirley MacLaine's face back on. Right. And like she's just talk, she talks about the fact that she doesn't have any eyebrows anymore because yeah. she shaved them off for a movie yeah. and they never, never grew, grew back. back. So she's just got like the only eyebrows she had are these two little spots like yeah. at the like n- n- near the middle of the eyebrow. Yeah. Like where the eyebrow like it would be the near the middle ends of the eyebrow. Yeah. But like and she's got like like she looks like she looks her age. Yeah. And you see her just applying like all like the fake lashes. She puts on the blush. She puts on like the the lipstick and everything. It's really she, beautiful. She slides a wig. Like no, no she, she doesn't slide a wig. She, she ties, ties a like a turban. She ties like a turban around her hair because her wig was ruined. Yeah, because there's know, blood on it. Blood on it, you know. And, uh, and then she puts her in a fur, you know. And she goes out like. And she goes down the hall after this thing. I don't want her. I can't remember what her stepfather says, but her stepfather says like yeah, he one, says the one line, one insightful line, and she's like, "Still waters run deep." It's like, listen, your your stepfather may not say much, but he's like, he's like he's crazy and bad. Or yeah, he's like okay. he likes to fuck. I don't know. Like it's it's, it's not that vulgar, yeah, but, it's but it's like whoa, yeah. you know, like apparently you know, like he, he's got a big dick. Basically, yeah, basically. is like, like the implication. And but then she goes out to talk to the press. And she is completely composed. She's together, and she's just like joking with them immediately. Mm-hmm. And like, and the nurse looks and says, "Like, oh no, no, the, the a doctor. doctor. A do- the doctor shows up. He's familiar. Yeah. Why, it's Doctor Dreyfus, <laughs> you know." Um, and he's like, "Wow, she, she really seems a lot better." It's like we do a lot better in public than yeah. in private. Yeah, you know, like they're that's my family is way better, you know, in the public eye yeah. than we are like behind. And then he doors. asks her if she re- if she ever got his flowers. And, and she's she like, realizes you're the doctor who pumped my stomach. Right. And like they have an awkward, it's kind of funny because there's, no, I like that there's no real follow through on this in yes. the movie, 
but he asks her out and she says, I really don't think I'm ready to be She's like, right I could now. go, I'll go to a movie with you, but it can't be a real date because I'm like, not. And he's like, why not? She I'm says, not ready. I'm not ready. And he's like, I'll wait. I'll wait. Which is charming and is. cool. And I don't know, like the way they do it, you don't hear from him again because right. the movie's almost over. You're like it leaves open-ended. Yeah, which is <laughs> you get the nice. feeling that like, yes, you know, she'll, probably, she'll probably go out with him. Yeah. And then we go and we get the last scene in the movie, which is a barn burner, almost literally. Well, yeah. not literally, but like figuratively using the expression because it's she's it's obviously the scene in this movie and it's almost like a music video. Yeah. But it's a scene but in the movie scene where the her movie. character is obviously a country singer. Yep. She's playing in some honky tonk and she sings this country song, which, which I think was written by, which I think was written by Carly Simon. Yeah. It says music by Carly Simon in the, on the Wikipedia thing. Yeah. But like. She does, and, and, and again, Streep kills it. She, she kills does a, it. And, she, and this time around, she does it performatively, more like her mother. She's just in it. She's, exactly. I mean, it's not, a, it's not like a show tune kind of thing like her mother's doing, so there's not like the spoken word asides and everything. Right. But she does it very emotionally, very performatively, uh, very mom jeansy and big hairy. Yep. <laughs> you know. Big, big earrings. And it pans back, and you see like, like one, her roommate uh, Aretha uh, is it's in like the, an extra in the is, room is an movie. extra, but it, like the camera's panning up and it pans past uh, Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman in the in the in the director's crane chair next to the camera, keeps panning up past like all the different like it's all the risers and like all the like light towers and you see all like the all the crew are just watching it and like it's their faces and it pans way the hell up, and there's De- and there, I almost said Debbie Reynolds there's. Uh, Charlie McLean, perfectly made up. The camera's right on. The light is right. She's in her light. Yeah. And she just looks and smiles like she's and waves. So like, happy. She, yeah. Like and she's like. She makes a comment when 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 Meryl Streep's putting her face on. Like, she says, "I you know I think I've been jealous of you, and I realize that you know my time is ending, and, and this is your time. And you're not and you're not taking it. You're you not need taking to take your, your ch- time. You need to take your chance. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a very nice thing. Yeah. And, like, and I love that this movie is ultimately, and that's the end of the movie, mm-hmm. it's credits. Yeah. And I love this movie's ultimately about, like, like weirdly enough, it's not really about rehab and recovery. It's about a mother and a daughter and their relationship, which is probably why it's a better movie. Because I think a movie just about rehab would probably kind of suck, you know, if it didn't have that. You know, like, because it really is about, like, the realization of, like, your, you know, your, your mother, you know, like... It's weird coming from me. I haven't spoken to my mother in 14 years, but, um, you know, like 13 years, but, um, your mother, 12 years actually. Wow. Jesus, John. Well, no, I, I do I, good I, math. My math sucks. <laughs> I learned from my mother. No, no, but if like, if I don't but talk it, to my mom in 12 hours, it's weird. Right. But like, yeah, well, we had a different relationship. Oh no, I know. I'm aware. Uh, I'm just know, saying. But like, but it is that, that thing of like, families. you know, like when you're, when you, when you love someone and also don't really love them, you don't like them, but you love them. It's that, that really, like it's learning to actually like them. Yes. 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 You know? Yes. And I, I think we, I think we can both relate to that with various people in our lives where it's like, you oh, love yeah. them but for a while, you don't like them. And then you kind of realize you can, you can learn to like them, yes. you know, that, that yes. you know. But, like, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie, I guess, is what I'm saying. And that's the end of it. And I guess I'll ask you a question. I think we know the answer for both of us. Uh, for you, was it worth revisiting? It was definitely worth revisiting. As a matter of fact, um, I had seen the movie. I, I've seen pieces of the movie over the years. but We didn't even talk about, before we do that, the classic scene that like the the best scene like the the joke scene oh the, movie, the joke where scene. she's hanging off the wall and like <laughs> and all, like and, you know like and it's it's obviously like like first Simon Callow just leans in and it's like hey you know yeah. from the side because it turns out she's laying on like it's she's laying on a set that's designed to look like she's hanging off a right, building it's really funny and like she's waiting for a shot and she's just like it's shrugging shrugs like, her shoulders and let's go it's really funny yeah but anyway um 
Yeah, I love. Sorry, this. I just had to get that That's in because okay. I, knew I was going to forget it. I love this movie. I I loved this movie before, but it's so much more poignant now, especially because I didn't know anything about Carrie Fisher's relationship. I remember hearing that this was similar. I didn't even know that Debbie Reynolds was her mom the first time I saw this. I mean, yeah. I was young, so I like didn't even think about it. And then over the years, I was like, oh, thinking back on it, and so seeing it in full, it really. And then seeing all the people was just really exciting. So yeah, yeah. I definitely think it was worth revisiting. Yeah. What about you? Was it worth watching? Yeah, I I think it definitely it's a good it's a really good, it's movie. good movie. Like I like I don't know if like our this episode was particularly entertaining. As yeah, I said, sorry, my guys. Fear. My fear was that's why it's a bonus episode. Even though even though it's coming out a week after, yeah. you know, like our last episode, it, I'm considering it a bonus episode because it it is even though we have an irregular schedule to begin with. One, it breaks our rules, but yeah. two, it is it's just it was it was it was we we actually started watching this and like five minutes in you you paused it and said. I think we should do this as an episode. It's true. So we weren't. We were just going to watch it. Yeah. You know. And yeah, it is. It's. It's. It's really. It's a really. It's a good movie. It's it like. Is. I mean, it's. It's definitely. It's not the greatest movie ever. It's no. not like. But it, it. It's such a solid movie. And that man, it's like, watch it for their performances. Man, yeah, it's Streep really. and McLean kill it in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's. It's definitely. It's. 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 It's a very worthwhile movie to yeah. see. Um, I think you downloaded the book on Audible as read by Carrie Fisher. Did you say yes, you did that? Yes, I did. I'm looking forward to listening to Me that too. because it's actually like it, like this was excellent. Yeah, you know. And now I want to see like what in the movie we saw based on because it. Obviously well, I mean, she did write the screenplay, so she probably yeah. kept the Jermaine things yeah. in. But um, yeah, um, sure and as we and as we as everyone has learned over the last uh, few days that Carrie Fisher was actually a script doctor Brilliant for most one. of the '90s, so mm-hmm. uh, she obviously knows how to write a screenplay. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really well done, um, yeah, I and I guess um, as as I said last episode, um, as a as a spoiler, uh, not a spoiler, a uh, a teaser. Uh, the next movie we're going to be doing does have a polar bear that still stands. This movie did not have a polar bear, but this was not a this was a surprise movie, so yeah. that still stands. Um, do we have any? Do you give any shout outs? Anyone you want to? I not give a high five. I mean, to? not offhand. Okay. Um, I just. You know, I, 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 you know, like I haven't really noticed any major interactions. I mean, it's always nice when people are happy that we're back. But yeah, I, I can't, it's so nice I, when like, people do that. You know, like, I mean, it's it's always nice. Like, and again, as, to segue in, like, you know, like interact with us. Yeah, uh, tweet at us. Tweet at us um, at MMIS Podcast. Um, we uh, also, uh, I have a Twitter presence at Hitler Puncher. Allie is at ALI underscore Goodman. Um, One of these and, days I'll actually make a Facebook page up. Yeah, you know, mm. whatever. Facebook's dying. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, we also, we have an email that I try to check. Uh, I checked recently. Didn't have anybody sending to it. Good, because it would have. It, I hadn't checked it in like three months. So. Right. But um, matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Um, obviously, our website is matchmadeinspace.com. Or you can just find us on iTunes. Subscribe. And hey, rate and review Please us. Please do. It's cool. You know, just because it is, you know, like we've... Like we've we've had we have a great rating and we've got some great three great reviews but that's all we have yeah, <laughs> you know we could use a like, few more like I I mean I I know I'm running the risk of ruining our five star rating by just asking everyone to rate it because I doubt we we keep, we'd keep that up for long and um, um thank you to um since our last podcast we definitely had more people who donated to um our son's oh uh, we, did we fundraiser even, did we even talk about our son's I fundraiser feel like we did maybe i, I didn't did. maybe no, i'm making that up not. in my brain no we did not well that's weird that was coincidental uh, yeah, we in my brain a, i thought we did yeah we uh our, our friend nan set up a uh fundraiser our son uh is on the autism spectrum and he does uh aba treatments which is 
fairly expensive. Uh, we out of pay, pocket. We paid out of pocket for three months this year, and that actually destroyed our entire savings that dates back all the way to Ali's bat mitzvah. Um, that completely depleted us. Yeah. Um, and then we this year uh, we got him on better insurance because we you know so he's actually covered, but. Um, to cut to pay for his premiums and uh, for his um, treatments, it's uh, and his deductible it, and his deductible. Uh, it's it's like about set. We we worked out to be it's about seven thousand right. uh, dollars. So that was our goal that we set right. for. Uh, it's a crowd rise, crowd crowd rise. Is that what it's called? Crowd rise. Yeah, yeah it's crowd rise. It's called Jump for Jackson, and um, we'll we'll throw a link up um, on yeah. the site for that. Uh, and just to clarify, the money that we spent this year for the last three months. But far surpassed seven thousand. Where we were, we're like, yeah. we just realized that that's just gone money. Yeah, so right was, now we're looking at yeah, just it, next year coming. Approximately a thousand a week when you're when you're paying out of pocket. Even more than that. More than that. More uh, yeah. like thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred a week. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of for money, three months. Man. So yeah. um, it's been intense. We're in the arts, <laughs> so I don't normally pass <laughs> the hat. I'm an I don't actor. normally like. I feel dirty. I asking do too. For I know. Money, Me but too. you know, like like we don't have a Patreon set up for this. We pay our hosting fees. We haven't done any of that. Yeah, like. But this, this, like, we haven't asked for that because I feel really weird asking money for like people to listen to our podcast. That we I know that's so weird, right? But you know, just you know, if if you if you feel like it, if you don't, that's fine. And as a matter of fact, you, you, anyway. can, you can find it if you just go to jumpforjackson.com. Oh, that's right. You set it up. I that set way. it up that way. So if you just yeah, jumpforjackson.com is the best way to find it. It's it's easier. But again, don't feel obligated. And I mean, I have to tell you that. We see every single donation that comes through. I'm going to cry. We see every donation that comes through, and we know that a lot of people who listen to us don't have a lot of money. And even the people who, when you donate $10. You, you stop. I'll talk. When you donate even $10, it, it, it like, it like donate whatever you feel like, and we'll feel good for it. it you know, so like, it's, nice. some people have gone so far above, above and beyond, beyond that it, it, it makes me feel awkward and weird. Yeah. And, and uh, it, I admittedly, I, I we, Allie outed me as a crybaby already, but like I'm not as bad as, as she is, uh, you know. I'm, not, I'm but, full of emotion. But um, I, I have uh, teared up on many occasions. I have way more than updates. two feelings. Um, so yeah, but uh, but forget it anyway. That's enough of this. Yes, uh, no, let's thank talk about you guys. This is uh, we are recording this on New Year's Eve. Yes, it's people. probably gonna launch the. It's probably gonna launch tomorrow. I yeah. don't think I'll have time to make it ready tonight before New Year's. That's okay. Um, but um, so this is going to be the first podcast of 2017. Let's let's make this a better year yes, than please. it's been, and let's not let um, let, let's not lose anybody great please for God. like at least a few weeks. You know, I understand actuarially speaking, we're going to lose all the baby boomers over the next few years. Like start it for the next 15, 20 years. Yeah. But um, so all the celebrities we grew up with are going to be dying. I, I get know. that. I understand it. It sucks though, especially when it seems like all the ones who, all the ones we've lost this year for the most part have been like people who have really been like icons for being yourself and being like, you know, like people like that broke down barriers for people like Carrie Fisher with her, her, her work. We didn't even talk about in this, her work with mental illness, yes. her, you know, her support, her advocacy, you know, um, you know, her just being out as someone with bipolar disease and someone who suffers from addiction, you know, uh, Prince and George Michael and David Bowie all being icons for your, like embracing your sexuality, whatever it is, embracing being a weirdo, being an outsider, you know, just it's Gene it's Wilder. yeah. 
like just, yeah you know just being funny just being awesome <laughs> you know but like but i'm saying like there's a lot of people it seems like we lost this year that were like inspirational yeah it's people. true this is you know like true. it's not just you know like it's and and some of them were younger than others like george michael was 53 that's oh, ridiculous um, you know you know like 60 is too young like mm-hmm. actuarially speaking some of these people are dying way younger than they should have you know um so it's just a hard year so it yeah in fact most of the people that i listed they were the oldest one was bowie and he was only 69 that's oh. not on an actuary table he's he's five years younger or six years younger than like the average male life expectancy so it you know like it like it is you know it is one of those things like like i know like everyone likes to like the smug assholes that love to get on twitter and point out you know like hey this happens people die yeah it's like you know what it it, 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 it sucked yeah you know and it's it's, it's been a hard year and i know like years are arbitrary you know designations but it just felt like this was a tough one i'm not even going into the politics of this year you know so hey let's let's everybody try and have a good year this year and uh, stay safe and you know just try to you know live a good life you know be be yourself you know be who you are be proud of who you are and that's that's it absolutely that's all i gotta say i will give you that absolutely so So, um, uh, we're gonna clink And this is a match made in space, signing off. Adios.